You're listening to Inside the Huddle with Jay Foreman, sponsored by Advanced Medical Imaging. We are back inside the huddle, brought to you by Advanced Medical Imaging, uh, located at 7601 Pioneers Boulevard. Um, Dr. Finn, Dr. Razad, I want to thank them personally for taking good care of me and uh, pointing me in the right direction. I just saw them last week, and then I'll have to see them again this week, or I think it'll be in the next week. Uh, they would do a really good job of uh, <clears throat> diagnosing or helping you through the process. For me, obviously, with some chronic and uh, lifelong stuff from football, um, you know, they're not quick to, you know, introduce. I always say a lot of doctors these days, uh, Harrison, introduce themselves, shake your hand, bring in somebody else, say, hey, you know, your operation's here about an hour. That's you know, about they, pretty accurate. Yeah, pretty accurate. Have <laughs> you walk around looking like Frankenstein so they can keep you coming in. Um, they try to push that off as, as much as possible. But then they, you know, they have, you know, they do have some straight up conversations with you as far as, uh, you know, what the, what, you know, what could be coming down the pipe. But they've done a really good job. It's been a really good blessing for me. Um, just because I've had some serious stuff come up in the last, you know, six months. And just when, you know, like when you, and I'll say this, just, you know, we talk about injuries, right, for these young kids. And, you know, they recover a lot better than a 47-year-old, <laughs> you know, washed-up football player. I was talking to somebody yesterday, and they were talking to me about football. And I was like, I can't believe, you know, I retired like 16 years ago. After 2007, 2008 season or whatever. 16 years ago. I can't believe it. Do you, you think, like, does it make sense? Like, if you go back 16 years, you see yourself playing? I can't even imagine it just because <laughs> I can't. Well, and the reason why is because when it's humid and hot, mm-hmm. like it was, or you know, here right now, I'm thinking, like, all I think about this is, like, what tra- I could run all day with pads on. We'd be out there in two days. Now, granted, it would, you know, it would be a little bit later, but still hot as all get out. In Houston, when it's 96 degrees and it's – 90% humidity and you're out there with full pads and you're out there, you know, trying to play for, you know, your NFL life, it, it, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine, but you know, it's, you know, it, it is what it is, but mm-hmm. you know, but it goes, time goes by quick. Cause yeah. you get in that cycle of football season, season's over off season, football season, next thing you know, two years has passed by. So, uh, well, anyways, um, you know, I want to thank them because, you know, these kids are, you know, they got some stuff and, you know, going down the pipe. And then for me, they pointed me in the right direction. But uh, we're back to it. And, um, you know, we talked. We'll end it. We'll, we'll put a bow on this uh, running back room. Uh, I want to ask you, Harrison, and I, and I guess I'll give my opinion first. I just think that, you know, going to top three orders, you know, top three, you know, like depth chart. I think um, Anthony Grant will start the season off. I think that, you know, I think Anthony Grant is all just – himself accountability doing the right doing the little things you know and staying on on track mm-hmm. and he must have done a good job of that because if he was having a little rough time at the beginning but you haven't heard a peep about him late lately so I think his his ability to make people miss and to get some hard yards of physicality I think um people aren't recognizing so I think he'll be a starter I think Gabe Irvin will play a role in kind of like the I think he'll be the uh, batter and ram, kind yeah. of the physical. Take a little bit of pressure off of Anthony. And then the third is going to be interesting. That's the where it's all going to kind of, sh- you know, is it Ramir? Uh, is Emmett Johnson take a, a next level? You know, because he's a pretty physical runner. Uh, who's that third back? It's kind of like the backup quarterback. I think that's going to be the big I still talk. feel like it's Ramir. Yeah. I, I just, he seems like bottle and the lightning. But we still fall. There is, I want to say it was last year, 
maybe two years ago against Minnesota. He had an awesome play, and it was just a real quick play. But, you know, he hasn't. if you think about the years, he really hasn't had too many opportunities. Right. But when he has played, I've he's seen a lot pretty, of good stuff. To yeah. me, he's that third guy. Uh, my hope is that Matt Rule is finding a way to, via, if it is truly lightning in a bottle, find some way to some way to get him on there, out, out on the field somewhere. But I still think it's going to be Grant, and then probably Gabe Irvin's going to get another shot. Right. Because he, he doesn't have any reason, at least unless what the practice looks like. He, looking at last year, I still want to see more of him as well. Yeah, and and the thing is with Ramirez is you could come in at number three, battling for three, and end up being your 1B. Yeah. If if Gabe doesn't stay, stay, step up or gets get nicked up a little bit, Ramirez – He's got a different running style too than yeah. Gabe and Grant. Right. That'll help him out. And, a little and bit. he and he's and uh, two years ago he did a really good job behind an offense line that wasn't performing well mm-hmm. of taking what the defense was giving him, doing the simple things. If they you know, making a cut, getting four yards, keeping the offense on time, ahead of the chains. And that's what you need sometimes, uh, when you're trying to build some continuity up front. So, you know, I think that's where it's gonna be. Um you know, it'll be interesting to see who really steps up, though, you know, from the lower depths because the running back thing is, you know, you can have one freak, you know, somebody jumps on you, you got a little bit of a nick up, you can get a stinger, and the next thing you know, you got to step up. It's one thing, and I always say this, going from a backup, okay, to starter mm-hmm. is totally different. It seems nice. It does. Because you're, you're, you're actually showing up to the game without any, like, I wouldn't say obligations, but without any – pressure there isn't because if you're the starter say you're the starter right right and i'm the backup i'm not out there first play they haven't been preparing for me for six days they all he's a backup he's decent when you're a backup i miss a tackle well he's the you, you made the backup miss you fumble backup running back or you go from you know five carries a game to i need you to carry 20 and making the right read 20 times, mm-hmm. it's a big difference. Physically, it's different. Mentally, it's different. How they gun for you is different. And so it's going to be interesting to see how much ground Gabe Irvin makes. It is. It is. It, it, and it's right there for him. So it isn't like he's got to like move heaven and earth. It's there for him. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to see you know, how fast Matt Rule, I'm not say pull the plug, but how quick he is to change it up. Like if you if he has guys not hitting the hole, cutting oh, back yeah. too much, trying to flip it the other way, yeah. extend plays instead yeah. of just hitting the hole. Because Grant, but uh, he's still a great running back. But there was a few times last season where I could tell he got in that habit. Yeah, of keep trying to, trying to cut it back instead of just hitting the hole and taking the three yards that were there in front of you. And a little bit of that has to do with <clears throat> the play calling, the way that the line was was blocking. Yeah, and so you kind of had you kind of always are and looking for the, the whole thing too. Yeah, looking for the big play. And that comes down to coaching, right? So that's going to come down to the new running back coach setting expectations. This is what we need and and hammering that every day during the week and building upon that. If they Mm -hmm. do that, they'll be just fine. Um, You know, it's Anthony Grant's last year, so I think that, you know, it's it's going to be – I think he's going to be the bell cow. He's going to have the opportunity to be the bell cow. Yeah, he's going to – I mean, he had no choice. Yeah. You know, and so – but I think the big thing is is how much – ground Gabe Irvin makes on him mm-hmm. is there a lot is it realistically in you know and I'll say this Gabe Irvin as a freshman he looked well he was more than ready to go uh had the freak injury down there at Oklahoma I think he's he's had a really good offseason um from start to finish 
and I envision that's going to pay off. But it's going to be a big deal um, what he does, what uh, Emmett Johnson does, and what Ramirez does. And you know, and if they got to make every day count. And then just to put another bow on the linebackers, it's going to be interesting to see what you what happens with a guy like Makai Guyver, right? Um, have you made a step physically as far as getting in better shape? You know, then you got John Bullock, who's he's in the Phil Steele magazine. I mean, you got to think he went from a guy just running down sparingly on kickoffs, mm-hmm. punt. He gonna play? Just I mean, just at the at the end at, at the end of the day, look at. The reps that well, first of all, what was talk, coming out of uh, spring ball reps during spring game, you don't get in these magazines by accident. They talk to somebody, so he's going to play. How is that going to shake out? You got to think of uh, like a Michael Booker uh, Jr. Him moving the linebacker, being very very active. Mm-hmm. You know, these are guys that would have just been caught in a numbers game as a safety corner, wherever they were at prior. And with this three, three, five expanded everybody's horizon. I think the big asterisk or the big, like tell all is, and it has nothing to do with if he's going to play good. It's the health of Javen, Wright. If Javen, Wright Is healthy. He brings a dynamic to the team. Of being, he's gotten taller since he's got to college. Yeah, he's he's, a, he's if he can be there athletically, he's what you envision a three three five. Having. Right, six five two fifteen. Mm-hmm. He's only a junior. I think his wingspan's like six six right. six seven. I would even even continue to press him to get bigger. And then you're thinking of like a Simmons or somebody, a guy that could be like your eraser. Mm-hmm. It's just healthy, and it's nothing healthy that he can. It's just kind of getting his issues under under control. Um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty. The competition's gonna be thick in there, mm-hmm. and who's gonna be the leaders? You know, you'd like to see Luke Reimer and Heinrich, and Heinrich's gonna be a little bit longer because based on coming off the ACL. But yeah. I know he's working hard. But Luke Reimer, you know, do you kind of hold your head above water with Jamari Butler inside, or Bullock or whoever? You know what I'm saying? Because Luke Reimer isn't a middle linebacker. He's effective as a run and hit linebacker. Who's gonna be the guy in the middle? Mm-hmm. That's going to be the – until Nick is back healthy. You know what I'm saying? Or and if he is healthy, then, you know, how much can you really – do you put him on like a pitch count? Nothing wrong with that. So um, – but those two two groups really uh, will be in-depth looks and in, in, in hopefully that's what the, a lot of the – that and backup quarterback coming out of camp, what they're talking about. Uh, but we got about four minutes left in the mm-hmm. – and you talk about the Tennessee ruling. And <laughs> yeah, it's over two hundred some. Well, I can't remember what the total number was, but over it was 200 over two hundred yeah. violations. Yeah. Um. And in majority, two seventeen somewhere around there. In majority of those violations, the head coach knew about mm-hmm. and was okay with fostered, as they like to say. Um. You know, the famous thing is he admitted to giving a family some extra benefits, which was cash in a McDonald's bag. You know, I wonder if you know did it have grease in there? Did he have like? <laughs> did you leave the fries at the bottom? You know. Um. It, among numerous things, he yeah. got fired. Uh, he, and then also for him, he has a six-year show cause, right? Six-year show cause? I don't know if it was it, that long, was it? It's six, me, for for Pruitt, Jeremy Pruitt has a six-year show show cause. And I don't even know what that means, but six years is quite a long time for it to be under the micro. That's like pretty much on coaching probation, right? 
He's suspended. He's he's a, the penalty is intended to prevent a coach from escaping punishment for violations. So let's see. Does that mean he can't coach for six years? Or he can't he, he can't he has to probably be paid a little bit less. He can't uh, basically he can't take another job uh by merely signing and taking another job. He can't get out of the money. So basically it just ties him to the money. To what he owes. Yeah, what he owes. Like right. he can't get yeah. out of it no matter what. Right, yeah. Yeah, essentially take a break or pay it back, um, you know, and how bad you want to coach. And so Yeah, okay, so to clear it up even more. So uh, the university cannot hire a coach or recruiter without NCAA approval during the length of the six. So they have to go through the NCAA. process and yeah, stuff like that. So that's so, what it means. So he would have to do some things, and and if he really wants to coach, he'd probably be need to be getting on that right now. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's ways around it. You could probably be an analyst for a while. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if you're wanting to get back to be a linebacker coach, which he which was before, defensive coordinator, which he was really, really good at. Yeah. Um, obviously, he was horrible as a head coach um, and really stupid as a head coach because you got caught um, doing things with probably everybody's doing in some form or fashion. Uh, he needs to go back and, and figure it out. So it'll be interesting with Tennessee. You know, the big thing is everybody's like the $8 million, you know, for you people out there, one, they could either call a donor, number one. Number mm-hmm. two, they have it in the bank. Number three, they don't they they aren't banned from going to bowl games. So what that what I mean by that is so when they when a team goes to a bowl game, that's essentially a year's worth of bowl money. If they have a and Tennessee had a pretty good year last year. Yep. And they have a, they are gonna have a good year this year. They're really not losing out on anything. None of the present coaching staff or players are being held accountable. The one interesting thing is, is some of the players that were on that team get extra eligibility back because of base. They get yeah, I was reading it, they get eligibility back. So it'd be interesting to see if you f- see some guys, you know, yeah, pop they, up out of there. Hey, the linebacker Henry uh, Tua Atu, who got drafted, mm-hmm. was on that team with Jeremy, Jeremy Pruitt, transferred to Alabama, and obviously got drafted this year. He left just right there. So um, we'll see what the you know the the aftermath of that stuff is. Um, I don't. I I think it's a slap on the wrist. You know. Yeah, it, I mean, it really hurts Pruitt more than anybody. He's yeah. basically just locked down for six years. Right, and it, it hurts him. It, it, it pretty much saying this is what you you this is your plan that you devised. Mm-hmm. You were doing it over two years, right? That's why they're vacating those eleven wins, and you didn't stop it, and you actually added on to it. So we're going to suspend you for six years. Um, or I wonder why it probation. took so long to if they're waiting for that many allegations to build up, or because I mean, they probably two hundred seventeen total. Just that's how much it was. Yeah, well, you years. you want to come? I, I think what they're doing is building their case. Yep. And then <laughs> and then negotiating, <laughs> and then you came to some sort of conclusion because yeah. you got to you're negotiating with Jeremy Pruitt, you're negotiating with the university. You're negotiating with anybody that was employed then in the athletic department, and you're also going in and evaluating is, it, is this something that's been going on prior, during Pruitt, and then after. So it, it's extensively. It's a lot of money, essentially, you know, uh, that they cost the NCAA, cost the university, and Jeremy Pruitt, you know, quite frankly, cost himself. Because when he got fired, I'm sure he didn't get any, any money to go away. And maybe no. they did. But Tennessee at that time, if you remember, right before we go to break, is they were going to hire Greg Schiano, and I didn't even know Greg Schiano was on the Penn State staff when Joe Paterno didn't have anything to do with it. his name's not Joe Paterno or Jerry Sandusky, but the student body or the masses really got him 
uh, a deal that was done uh, made it to where Tennessee couldn't hire him. And so the athletic department kind of, you know, was in flux. So Tennessee's reeling. We've seen that before. We've seen it, you know, in the Big Ten. Northwestern's going through it right now. Nobody, there's not a university that's either successful or not that's um, absolved from having issues internally. That's just the way it is. You got to think Georgia's going through stuff right now. Kirby Smart just came out and said speeding is an option, it is a problem in our program. They just had a kid that uh, the day of that they were having a hearing because they got sued by the staffers uh, that died, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. The the family, the university and the athletic department got, were at court. A player got caught going 65 into 35. And Kirby Smart said it's still an issue. So those are issues. You had sexual assault allegations mm-hmm. that Northwestern helped Kirby Smart just kind of under the rug, that right? That was ridiculous. You suspend a guy for two weeks. Right. You know he's going to lawyer up. You right. can't do that. I That one still blows my mind. That's got to be – I mean, that's just fumble in the bag. Completely. Yeah, the president. Yeah. Well, it came down to the president firing Pat Fitzgerald to keep his job. Which should have just been done right away. Right. Or suspended now for a year. Now it's going to court. Right. And you're going to lose yourself about $200 million, Yep. The university. So – but then also, you know, during that same news cycle, people were quietly calling for Kirby Smart's job because he was fostering kind of a mini, I wouldn't say on the same level as Baylor, but there's some guys on the team that just because, you know, their football players have been doing the same things and kind of been getting away with it. But Northwestern came out, took over the news cycle. Um, so, what, what you know, what I'm saying is every school – has had something going on, mm-hmm. and it's just the way it is. The Gophers were playing them the first game of the season. A few years ago, they had the whole team with a in a in. Well, it was like two guys, and they brought in like twenty two guys, and they yeah. remember they were suspending them. They almost pretty much lost all their draftable players just for the simple fact of twenty guy extra guys were named in a sexual assault case, and they weren't even there. Yeah, and but then it you take a deep dive into the the uh, athletic program or the football program, the athletic program. They get rid of Jerry Keel. He didn't know anything. He got well, he got sick. Get rid of him. Um, uh, the the guy that came in and remember he was eating the the uh, the the ice cream pop during the game. Oh. And, and, uh, was it was his name? The defensive coordinator did a really good job. They yeah, loved him. Let me look it up real quick. They got rid of him just for the simple fact he was a part of it. And then they fall on PJ Fleck, who spent the first year of changing the expectations of all the players. Right? You, you know what I'm saying? So kind of like a Matt Rule. Uh, had to come in and change the way people acted. Ed Dante. There we go. And so, yeah, and so when P.J. Fleck came in, one of the biggest things he did was he changed the way that the players represented themselves on campus, right? Everybody thought it was crazy. And I remember because I trained Blake Cashman and Carter Coughlin, mm-hmm. who were from my high school. I trained them in the summer. He was like, we got to wear uh, like kind of like golf shirts or something. You know, we can't be going in there with like flip, you know, flip-flops. We got to be in front of the class. We got to be attentive of everything. They wanted more involved in the community, change the expectations, right? A little rough, but it had a purpose for it, yeah. right? Same thing with Matt Rule's doing it right now. So uh, we're going to go a quick break, come back at, at the end, wrap, put a wrap on the show, the fastest hour on a Sunday morning, on a rainy Sunday morning. This is Jay Foreman and Harrison. Again, Advanced Medical Imaging. Uh, we'll be right back.